Hello, 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 and welcome or welcome back. I'm Shakia, and in this video, we're gonna talk about HBO's newest documentary, Call Me Miss Cleo. Listen, we're gonna talk about your Ray Del Harris, AKA Miss Cleo, AKA the infamous Call Me Now Lady. Now listen, my bad in advance for this accent, and y'all probably gonna get it again. I apologize. <laughs> your Ray Del Harris. But we know her as Miss Cleo, the Call Me Now Lady. That's how we know her, as Miss Cleo. Listen, I was so excited when I heard that HBO was going to do a documentary on Miss Cleo because I wanted to learn more about Miss Harris. I wanted to learn more about who she was in her early life and how she came to be Miss Cleo and what she did after she wasn't working, after she, after the infomercials were over. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really get that from the documentary. It was okay, but they could have went deeper and we could have, I wish we would have heard from people who were close to her pre-Miss Cleo, but we didn't get that. I'm like, wait a minute, I know she had at least one daughter. Where's the daughter? Did she have any siblings? Did she have any nieces or nephews, aunts? Oh, like somebody who could have told us about who she was when she wasn't being Miss Cleo. We did not get that. And for that reason, the doc is just okay. It, it, it's okay. Now look, to be fair, it could have been difficult to get that information because one, Miss Cleo is deceased. She passed, I believe, back in 2016 at the age of 54. And also, her early life is a mystery. Even the friends that they showed in this documentary, it's like they didn't really know any, they didn't really know too much about her early life either. A lot of her life was such a mystery. Who's the real Miss Cleo? The web of stories, it seems, is far and wide. So, it's a mystery. But come on, y'all were doing a documentary. Dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. Now, Miss Cleo. Something I did learn was that Miss Cleo was a character who Yoray Harris wrote. She created Miss Cleo. Now, obviously, she created her, but I didn't know that she created her for a play. Apparently, Miss Cleo was, or Yoray Harris was, an awesome playwright and actress. I never knew that. I didn't know she was a writer. I didn't know she was an actress. Well, I knew she was an actress, okay? <laughs> but I didn't know she was a playwright, and I think that's awesome. And when they spoke about her work, they said, look, she was amazing. She was great at coming up with characters. She was great at changing her voice we're going to get into. She was great at changing her voice and like becoming a character. Never knew. So kudos. Okay. Documentary, you get one. But I did not know that she was a playwright. All right. So now let's talk about what we do know or what, what they did discuss in the documentary. Let's start off with her accent. Why not? They wanted me to create a character. I'm not a character. I'm a real person. When I was coming up, okay, and I was watching this these info infomercials with Miss Cleo, I thought this woman 
was funny. She seemed likable. And like, she always had just great advice. Okay. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder if what she's saying is real. But you know, we were taught and even now taught to believe that psychics are fake. And so I'm like, well, it's probably not real, but I'm hoping it's real because this just seems too good. Like even then I'm like, this seems so good. The way that the set was decorated, you know, the atmosphere that they created, she was dressed in her garb and in her head wraps and she had her tarot cards going. And I mean, of course, she had this accent. And according to Miss Cleo, she was from Jamaica and she had this Jamaican accent. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't think that's real. Listen, I grew up around some Caribbean folk. I don't think that's real. Around some Jamaican folk. I don't think that's real. Miss Cleo, what? But she said it was real. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess this is real, but not really. So, you know, we still side, we're going to side eye her. Now, the documentary also talked a little bit about her accent and her friends are like, no, she's Jamaican. She's Jamaican. She's Jamaican and her accent is real. That's how she always spoke around us. I do want to note that the friends who they talked to in the documentary, they are white. And one of the scholars who they have in the documentary, um, I believe her name is Andrea Nevins, right? And she's a, an African diaspora scholar. And she, I believe it was her who said, it's easier for people outside of like your community, your, your cultural community to believe something to be true. But when you're around people who like look like you, who know some stuff about, you know, uh, about the culture where they're like, mm, I don't think that's the truth. And that's what it looked like in the documentary where you have a lot of people who are, you know, either Caribbean or even black American. And we're like, that accent doesn't seem real. But all our friends were like, no, they were convinced this is real. This is authentic. She is Jamaican. Her accent is real. I want to read you something. This wasn't in the doc. This was not in the documentary, but because I still had questions and I'm the person where after I watch something, I'm going to Google schmoogle it. <laughs> and so I'm like looking up more information on Miss Cleo and an article, an interview that Miss Cleo did with Vice. She told Vice that her patois was indeed put on, but it did have family roots. Quote, when you grow up in America, grow up in America. So she grew up in a, she admitted this part because folks still thinking she grew up in, she grew up in Jamaica and she came over here when she was old. No, she grew up in America. But anyway, okay. Quote, when you grow up in America and you're Caribbean, your parents beat it into you that the only way to succeed is by dropping the patois. My mother was very deliberate about that. And so was my father, she said. I believe that that is true. And we're going to do a lot of this, like, what do we believe is true? What we don't believe is true? And like, what could be true? Because see, here's the perspective. When we talk about Miss Cleo, we can't look at her from a this or that, like it's black or white. It's either yes or no. We can't look at her like that. We can't look at her like that um, from that perspective. And we really don't want to look at a lot of situations from that perspective because there's usually gray. It's not just black or white. There's usually some gray. 
And that's what happens with Miss Cleo. I truly believe that multiple things are true. I believe that there are multiple truths when it comes to Miss Cleo. I love to talk about the dialectics uh, to clients and even to my niece who's 11. I'll talk to them about you can, you know, you can have two opposing things that can be true at the same time. And a lot of us will forget that or minimize it, but this is the case. And I think this is the case when it comes to Miss Cleo. So, okay. She admits that her accent was put on. She was born in Los Angeles. She created this Miss Cleo character, which had a Jamaican accent. Now, later on in the documentary, they talk about locating her birth certificate. There was a journalist who was doing a story on her. And, um, you know, eventually, I think also was it an attorney who, who came across her birth certificate? She was born in America. She was born to American parents. That does not mean that she doesn't have any roots connected to Jamaica because maybe her parents' parents, maybe her grandparents were from Jamaica. Maybe her, you know, it, she could have some sort of family history connected to Jamaica. However, she did not speak with an accent. She did not speak with no accent until she created the character Miss Cleo. Now, she created this character back in 1997, where she was known as Ray Ferry, okay? And the woman who, from the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center, I believe in Seattle, who knew her then, said the name sounded made up, but I just went with it. If this is who you say you are, then this is who you are. Like, who am I to challenge that? So, okay. She's like, but it sounded made up because it wasn't her name. But, and one of the plays that Miss Cleo created she created a character called Miss Cleo, who, guess what, had an accent. Now, this is where we start to also learn about more truths. And we start to see that multiple things can be true at the same time. Because was Miss Cleo a fraud or did she help people? Was she a scammer? Or was she a helper? I think she was a combination of both. Now, here's the thing. Back in 1997, when she was connected to the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center, she received money to put on one of her plays. Now, she got paid, and then she was supposed to pay the actors. Homegirl did not do that. She took that money, and she skipped town. They said they never heard from her again until years later they turned on the TV. And guess what? <laughs> they said they see her on TV or until, excuse me, until some time later, they um, turn on the TV and they see her on the TV with this Jamaican accent that they said she did not have back then. And they're like, oh, so she's a psychic now. Also, you know what? My apologies. I'm not sure if she was connected with the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center in 97. It was at some point in the 90s, though. So. They don't see her until they turn on the TV. She's on the TV with a Jamaican accent. And she's a psychic. Okay. All right. So here she is. Now they said she didn't have this accent before, but now she does. By the way, when she was connected to the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center, she told the she told them the reason one of the reasons why she couldn't pay the actors is because she had cancer and she was having relationship issues all these things 
Now, fast forward and Miss Cleo did pass away. According to reports, it was because of cancer. I don't know the specific type she had. I don't know how long she had cancer, but she passed away due to cancer. Also about her early life, according to Miss Cleo, she did attend an expensive boarding school at some point. There's a photo of her when she was younger, but I don't think at the boarding school, but there is a photo of her that they show in the documentary. Let's see. That's pretty much all we know about her early life. They do mention later on in, uh, later on in the documentary that she may have experienced some traumas in her life. And I do think that there is some truth to this, and I'll tell you why in a minute. They say that she experienced some trauma. They don't specify what exactly, but they do allude to certain traumas. And I think that's important to know when we start talking about Miss Cleo as an adult. Okay, but before we get there, also on the documentary, they discuss her coming out as a lesbian, um, I think in 2006. But according to an article I found, she said that she was attracted to girls and she had a girlfriend when, and they may have mentioned this in the documentary, I can't remember. But she had a girlfriend when she was in high school. Her girlfriend was sent away to college when her parents found out that she was a lesbian and she was heartbroken over it. And I think she had another, she had another girlfriend early on. Then she, I think at 21, married a man and she had a daughter. They don't mention that part in the documentary. So I don't know what happened to the daughter, what happened uh, between her and her husband, if she had another child, which I think she may have had, but I'm not sure. But we don't know that part. And I would have loved to learn more about her personal life and, you know, like how those relationships may have impacted her by the time we meet her as Miss Cleo, you know? And even after, after she's no longer on the infomercials, what happened to her? How did she support herself? They don't mention that. But I would be curious to know, how did she how did she support herself? How did she make her money? You know, I did read an article that said she tried to use her name to sell a cereal. Like she was getting um working with a a a cereal brand, a cereal company, and she was going to do one of the advertisements. The psychic network shut that down. They said no, no, no. We spent so much money creating this Miss Cleo character. We own your image and your likeness, and you cannot do this. So she was still trying to profit from this Miss Cleo fame, but that seemed to be challenging for her to do because, according to her, she signed a bad contract with the Psychic Network. She signed a bad contract. They, own, they owned her name, her image, and her likeness. And she said that she was getting paid as an independent contractor. So I always thought like Miss Cleo made bank from being Miss Cleo because she was always in these commercials. She was, you know, like she was doing all these things and she's like, call me now. And so you're thinking people calling her up and she's making all this money, but apparently she wasn't. She said she got paid a little over $1,700 for the first infomercial. But then after that, she was just paid a salary and she did not have any control over major decisions that were made regarding the company. This is all important because at some point, the Psychic Network and Miss Cleo, they are hauled into court. They're being sued. They were being sued for um, fraud because 
people would call. So the psychic network said, okay, well, we'll give you three minutes free. People would call up the first three minutes, the person on the other end, they're taking down their demographic information. Then after that, they're being charged like $4.99 or $5.99 per minute. And then they were calling them the next day, harassing them, bullying them, charging them, charging them for calls that they didn't even have, sending their calls into collections. Like it was just madness. And so finally they were reported and they were being sued. But as everything unfolded, Miss Cleo was dropped from the suit because they said, well, she did not, she wasn't being fraudulent because she didn't, she doesn't own the company and she was being paid as an employee and she couldn't, she didn't have control over those major decisions that were happening. So they dropped her from the lawsuit. And then the two men who owned the company, Stephen Fetter and Peter Stoltz, they had to pay millions of dollars, but that was nothing compared to all the money that they made from their scam. Oh, and listen, and the doc, they have some people who worked for the psychic network around that time. And they said they, they weren't psychic. Some of them didn't even pretend or claim to be. They were like, I needed a job. I needed money. And they said, okay, we'll hire you. Like you apply and then you get hired. And they said that they give you a script to read. And most people called about love or money. And so they kind of knew how to direct the conversation, but they weren't tapping into anything. They were giving a script and that was that. And the psychic network prayed, and this is mentioned in the documentary, and I do agree with this. They preyed on people's vulnerabilities. And a lot of psychics do, even now, whether we believe that they are real or not, they prey on people who are vulnerable, people who are struggling, people who are desperate, people who feel hopeless, people who just want to be told something good, who people who need a little insight. And so they think if I call this person, they can tell me my future. They prey on people who are in tough situations. And this is how that company made so much money. Now, people were calling, thinking that they would be talking to Miss Cleo. Because after all, she does say, call me now. But they weren't talking to Miss Cleo. They were talking to the people who were being hired by uh, Stephen and Peter. That's who they were talking to. And Miss Cleo at one point, because in and, and this documentary, they show her in an earlier documentary and she's talking and she's saying, I didn't like saying call me now because I thought you're not calling me. You're going to call and you're going to get somebody else. But I guess because of her contract, she had to say it. And so she was like, I did. And, and you know, we just went from there. But when people would call and say, oh, I want to speak to Miss Cleo, the person would have to say, oh, OK, let me put you on hold. They would put the customer on hold or the or the caller on hold for as long as they could walk around their apartment walk around their living room, pretend to be looking for her. Miss Cleo, Miss Cleo, oh, where are you? Are you here, Miss Cleo? Are you here? Anybody see, has anybody seen Miss Cleo? Where's Miss Cleo? Then they would get back on the line and they would say, oh, she's out to lunch or she's on another call. She's in a, me she's in a meeting, but I can help you. So, I mean, fraudulent in that regard too, because they are thinking that they're going to call and speak to her, but obviously there are too many people calling. She's one person and she's just the spokesperson. She wasn't going to be doing the readings, but people didn't know that because that's not how it was advertised, which is also part of 
probably, you know, how uh, we got a fraud case because they were saying things that they were advertising things and it wasn't true. So do we think that Miss Cleo is a fraud? Or do we think she has some sort of gift, get spiritual gift? Now, I'm going to be honest, and I said this in a different video. I am a woo-woo girl. I talk a lot about manifesting. I talk about being a co-creator with the universe. I do believe that people are intuitive. I believe we all are intuitive, but some people are tapped in a little bit more. I do believe that we all have spiritual gifts, but some people are tapped in a little bit more. And I do believe, <gasps> hear me out here, hear me out. I do believe that Miss Cleo may have had she may have been tapped in. I, I think she may have had some spiritual gifts. Now, hear me out, though. I believe that because there were several people in the documentary who talked about their experience with her, who said, like, she, she could tell you things and you didn't have to give her any information, but she knew. She told um, this guy that... Um, or the friend of the friend of somebody who was in the documentary that he would have an issue with the left side of his body and and you know like went into detail and I think it was a week later he had a stroke and it impacted the left side of his body and just different things like that so I do believe she was a little tapped in do I believe she was a scammer I do see how how both these things can be true <laughs> <laughs> I believe she's a scammer. We saw that with the people from uh, Seattle, I right? From Seattle, the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center, where she took off with the money and with the Psychic Network. Although she wasn't in charge of making major decisions with the company because it wasn't her company, she was just the spokesperson. If she knew what was going on with the employees, if she knew how the company was operating, to me, that's messed up. You are being a willing participant and scamming people because you are the spokesperson for this fraudulent company. So I believe she had some gifts and I believe she was a scammer. And I believe, and I can't diagnose her. I didn't work with her. She was never a client of mine. I'm not diagnosing. I'm going based off of what was said and observed during the documentary. I believe there was some mental health concerns too. And some of her friends kind of bring that up. Cleo may have been a character to cope with whatever was going on in her life, but it was still very real for her. Some of her friends talk about her having these different personalities. These different personalities have different voices. They have different names and so forth. And when I hear that, I think about dissociative identity disorder. But before we get to dissociative identity disorder, we have dissociation. And it's on a spectrum. And on one end of the spectrum, we have so on the other end of the spectrum, we have dissociative identity disorder. And that's where there is this host, that's the person. And then for lack of a better word, because I think they're term changing terminology, but for the sake of this video, and then we have their parts or their distinctive identities. And they may have their own name. Um, they might need glasses and you don't. They might walk a different way, talk a different way. 
they have these distinctive traits that are separate from the host. So in order to be, you know, classified or diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder, you need at least two or more distinctive personalities or um, identity states. The way her friends described her, that's what was going on. Now, see, and here's the thing about the spiritual community. Some people will see that and say, well, she's just, you know, channeling or something like that. Like she's just tapping in. She's just tapping in. But I don't know. I don't think that's just tapping in because if you are tapping in, you like it's a conscious decision. And what how they describe this, it's either it would just happen or these could have been characters that she had already created. Remember, she created the character Miss Cleo. And what we do know is that most people with dissociative identity disorder experienced trauma, especially during early childhood. And again, it was alluded in the video that Miss Cleo did experience some trauma. And I believe, I want to say more than one, but we won't go into that. But she experienced some trauma throughout her life, especially during her childhood. Okay, so when she was younger, one of her friends said she had a, she had no safe space in that upbringing, talking about when, when Miss Cleo was growing up. So it must have been like stories that Miss Cleo told this particular friend. And she said that she had no safe space in that upbringing. And that's when the friend was retelling what Miss Cleo told her that happened you know, the, the trauma, one of the traumas that happened to her. When something happens at an early age, it can change the development, right? It, it can change your development. And so sometimes when things are going on, when people are experiencing a trauma, they may experience dissociation. And dissociation is on a spectrum. They may separate themselves from their body so that they don't have to be fully present when the trauma is occurring. It could happen if you're in a car accident and for a moment it feels like you just left your body or it can happen under other circumstances that we can classify as traumatic. And so you can separate yourself because you don't want to feel or you don't want to experience the trauma in that moment. And then again, it's a spectrum. So then we get to the other end and we have dissociative identity disorder. So if you, if these different parts or these different identity states emerge, it's usually a form of escapism and to help the person, to protect the person from whatever feelings that might be coming up, whatever, maybe they're having certain types of thoughts or flashbacks that might be coming up. It's to protect them from experiencing the trauma or the aftermath, right? So what comes after? And so I'm wondering if when her friends were talking about these different personalities, these different spiritual entities, if it really was dissociative identity disorder. And so perhaps this was a woman who struggled, who experienced trauma, and maybe it was never dealt with in a healthy way. And so now she's you know, and as an adult, her way of coping is to experience these different identity states. So, you know, like most people, Miss Cleo is layered. And as I said before, it's not a clear cut, this is it, 
because it's layered and she's layered. And I wish we could have learned and heard more from those closest to her, especially when she was younger. Now, one of her godsons did say this regarding Miss Cleo. He said she was a character on that show, but the real Cleo was spiritual. And so her friends did believe that she was spiritual, but also I think some of them may have questioned a little bit on what was what else could have been going on. What else could have been going on? And again, I think she may have had some spiritual gifts. I think she may have been tapped in. And I think there were moments where she was uh, complicit in, well, you know, I won't say that, but I, I think that there were moments where she may have been, you know, scamming folk. What, from what we saw in the documentary, what was said in the documentary, and there may have been some mental health concerns, real mental health concerns. And as I started to say, sometimes people within the spiritual community will just write it off as a spiritual experience when it's not. There's a difference between being spiritual and psychosis. And I think that's important to remember, especially when it comes to Miss Cleo, because perhaps she was experiencing mental health concerns, but people were taking it as, well, this is part of her gift, but really she could have benefited from intensive therapy or treatment to help her. And, you know, during, during that time, uh, yeah, I wanted more from the documentary. I thought it was okay, but it could have went a little deeper but again I, maybe that was just more challenging to do but it's okay if you have some time check it out if you haven't let me know what you think of it and then also you know what do you think about miss cleo was she a fraud did she scam people well we they say it in the documentary so i won't even pose that was she a fraud or did she have um, spiritual gifts, or did she have a mental health issue? I think it's a combination of all of those things. And they can also play off of each other. We can talk about it in a different video if you're interested, but they definitely can all play off of each other, which is why it's complex. And for me, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And another reason why I would have loved to hear how she was early during her early childhood years and how she was with you know people who she grew up with you know all right let me know what you thought about this documentary if you did watch it and if there was anything that stood out to you that I didn't talk about because I'm giving a condensed version I'm aware of that so let me know if there's something that stood out to you and I would love to hear from you let us know in the comments Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you for being here. I want you to go out and have a courageous day and come on back for the next one. But until then, bye for now.